Welcome to the Modern Rustic. I'm Russell. I'm Zach. We are a community-based podcast from the heart of the Fraser Valley, where we have classic conversations about our current culture and the impact we have on it. Auto drive. I know. No. Uh, full self-driving. Full right? self-driving. Yeah. I mean, I have the autopilot, which is amazing. Right. Which basically does um, follows the car in front of you and then turns for you. Yeah. Right. So left, right. I mean, doesn't change the lane, but it will follow the road. Okay. So you don't do anything, and then it'll stop and stop everything. But a, a car has to be in front of you. If there's no car in front of you, then it, you set it up sixty kilometers an hour speed, right. and it does it for you. Hmm. All right. Up to that. Well, it won't stop at the red light. It won't stop at the stop. So this, that has to be you. Yeah. But what I notice in in years, in this almost four years since I have the car. You just become became smarter. So, for example, if he sees a turn that is quite sharp, it'll slow down to forty. It'll go around. It'll come back to sixty. It's it became smarter and smarter. It's such a nice piece wow. of software. But again, it requires you for attention. You have to have your hands on the wheel. There's work around that, but mm. whatever. I mean, if you're stupid enough to to sleep. While Tesla is driving again, again. <laughs> really, like I yeah. really, uh, you saw the videos online. Like, there's many videos where yeah. people are sleeping or yeah. doing other things. Where it's like no. Plus, the car will in thirty seconds to a minute will just shut down. Okay. So you, I mean, you have to be a really quick napper in order <laughs> for that to happen. Yeah, because you have to touch the steering wheel, right? You have to, yeah. but 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 what they came up with there's there's a there's a device that you can put. At the pressure point. Uh, <laughs> of course there is. Of course there is, yeah. exactly. So, um, <laughs> stupid. I mean, but again, if you want to die stupidly, you can die in many ways, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but so that's the autopilot, which is amazing, right? It does amazing things. It helps me I mean, on the highway because I drive such a lot on highway. It helps, helps me a lot. Yeah. And then there's full self-driving, which is the one that takes you home. You put it in a GPS, say, I want to go home, and takes you, exits the highway, and stops at the red light and starts. And look, until, in my opinion, until they, they, they standardize the roads, there's mm-hmm. so many variables that yeah. that system is still far, far away from, from, um, from being, it's still better. I, I think it's better if, it, if not alpha, but I think it's better. It's in beta, and it'll be in beta for like many years. So recently, a couple of years ago, they be, before a couple of years ago they used to do data entry manually. So let's say the, your your car has full self driving, reports a certain situation. It comes to a software engineer. They put it in manually, right? Mm-hmm. So I think lately, in the last couple of years, they do that um, with uh, with software, which will speed up the machine learning a lot by a lot. It's still a thing because the fa- the, the, the the driving driving is so complex. We we don't think of it, right? It's just too many factors, too many variables, and the car. I mean, we we, we take this for granted how how well trained the human mind is. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. It's a lot. It's a lot. Plus, they rely only on visual. They yeah. don't rely on sensors anymore. They re- they remove that because Elon Musk thinks that video. Well, I mean, nothing. Which is true. Video has. I mean, can have more information than a radar sensor. Right. But it's about how you process that. 
it's 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 a long 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 story but i think it's going to be reliable at the moment they'll put sensors on the roads mm -hmm. but then again when you go on the up north or you go rural rural utah like what yeah do? Like, not, there's nothing there exactly yeah. they don't even so. have charging stations up there so exactly it's going to be a while yeah that's that's interesting so you think that we're going to need like road sensors I would built think, in i would think or this system will become way smarter than mm -hmm. yeah. um than anything um you you saw that the the the, the rise in artificial intelligence yes yeah, yeah quotes, AI. which is not ai yet but uh, it's getting there right so yeah. if if this machine learning advances as everything else who knows maybe yeah. but it's it's uh, how should i say it i think it'll take some time yeah yeah, yeah i just yeah, there's an interesting thing that happens there when, when you start having conversations about automation where it, it seems like the technology, like we only believe the technology will work if it's a technology that we can fully understand. So like sensors on the road make sense, right? But a camera looking at a road and deciding what to do doesn't really make a lot of sense to us. So it's harder to accept that, I think. Hmm. Well, I'm telling you because, and, and you're right, um, I'm on Facebook groups for Teslas, right? Yeah. So my car is equipped with radars. Mm -hmm. And two software updates ago, they removed the capability, the, the, so the radar sensors oh. functionality. Oh. Huge conversations. <laughs> yeah. How can they do this to me? I don't want to rely on video only and all that. I yeah. mean, it's yes, you're right. We, we, it, we're hard to change that way, yeah, right? right. Um, I also think video is, is, is okay, but but also the computing power of that machine is not that 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 big, in my opinion. No. I yeah. mean, even right now, in in just um, the the simple automation that um, uh, autopilot has, it's it's not as fast. Oh, well, it is faster than me, but it's not as smooth as me. It's as, as, as okay. smooth as me. So the car reads the distance, like my car reads the distance between the car in front way yeah. faster, like a million times faster than me, Yeah. right? And then it knows exactly how to, but when it comes to being predictive, it doesn't, Yeah. right? So the moment that car breaks, it breaks. Yeah. It's like mm. a copy of the car in front. Right. right. It's not smooth. Or when you like, if I my girlfriend is sleeping sometimes when when we're walking, if she's sleeping, I don't, I don't do autopilot because it's really jerky. Sometimes and... if the car in front is it's it does something weird, it'll do something weird. Oh, okay. Mm. Versus me, I can say, okay, hold on, I have time. I don't have time. Yeah, you can react better than the other car. Yes, but I live more distance. Right. Versus yeah. the car, my, my Tesla will live less distance, but will react as fast as the other car. React. Yeah. Car slows down. Mm. So. Yeah. Uh, it's still, again, very nice software. Uh, I mean, this has been around for many years, but even before Tesla, like this enhanced um, autopilot. But but yet still, I see that that the my technique, for example, of driving in some ways is better. Not mm -hmm. in all the ways. Like in other ways, I rely... Uh, it sees things way before me. Mm -hmm. It sees the, when the distance be between the car in front of me and me... Um, decreases ages before me right right because that's what it does right yeah so. Hmm. So, yeah. but you still can't you don't think it really factors in that human perspective well again i don't think <clears throat> I, I don't think it's i mean it's doable let me put it like that i don't think it's there yet it's it's not as smooth as, as smooth as right. i'm yeah. driving 
but it's probably safer than I'm driving. Yeah, and and smooth is a word that you would describe to. The a word that you would use to describe a way that you like to drive as well. Some people might be okay with. With you know just going the same speed as the car in front of them. Most people probably not, but. When I no no when I say smooth is it's 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 just it's it's even applying brakes and all that. Yeah. It happens. It happens. How should I say? It's reactive to right. something. Right. Versus me, I I consider the environment around me. Yeah. A little bit more predictable. My than, my girlfriend yeah. sleeping right, yeah. so I can I can smooth that out. Of course, how would Tesla know that there's someone yeah. sleeping uh, next to me? So <laughs> yeah. no no I'm not I'm not I mean I understand I understand its limitations and then it it, it cannot know all the situations yeah. like who's sleeping or not, but it's still an amazing piece yeah. of software. Mm-hmm. I recommend it. I yeah. I, I don't know how to recommend it enough. <laughs> yeah, well, and like you said, not only that, but you also the the save you spent. You said you saved fifty thousand in gas this year, right? Amazing. Not this year, t- towards the like uh, throughout the life of the car. Okay, yeah. I wish. <laughs> no, no, I don't drive <laughs> that much. No, no, it's 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 crazy. Like especially with the gas right now, yeah. and with with me having a business here and then living in Burnaby, it's like crazy. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, times are changing. Speaking of your business, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to the audience and uh, tell us why you're here? Well, I, I have been invited. Yes, that's true. <laughs> um, and th- I don't know why I have been invited, but um, I, again, I, I have a very... Um, I don't know how to think well about myself, so I, I don't know... Um, okay, my name is Titus. Um, I, I'm, I'm Romanian. As a background, I came to Canada in 2006. Okay. Um, I was born in a communist Romania in 1977. Um, I lived through communism for 12 years, and then we killed the dictator. <laughs> and then I lived through um, a very weird era of post-communism, early democ- democracy in, in Eastern Europe, which... It's like fantastic. Like it was nice. I mean, nice. It, it's it's nice to think about it right now. Like what what happened and seeing all the the things happening. I moved here um, in two thousand six. I have a degree in psychology and sociology and psychiatry. Whoa! And I did not. I was in the middle of my counseling master when I left because I always want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> so um, with my girlfriend at that point, with after that became my wife we said okay let's leave extremely hard process to leave romania uh, and ca- come to canada the um, immigration through bc was suspended because i think a person from turkey sued the canadian government mm. or the bc government for the length of the the um, the process and they stopped it so mm. i had to um, apply to montreal to quebec right so I had to learn French, pass an interview in French, and I forgot French after that. <laughs> I, I had a, a French teacher throughout um, uh, high school and uh, middle school that she hated me and I hated her. Uh-huh. So therefore, I hate French. Um, I learned the French for the interview. I passed the interview with a Canadian officer 
And then I said, okay, that's yeah. it. <laughs> You're not alone in that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So then I landed in this in Vancouver because my sister at, the, at, the, at that point, well, she still lives in Whistler. Mm-hmm. She was in Whistler, um, their ski instructor and ski instructor, ski instructors in Whistler. So then I stayed here, moving forward and going back to school. I said, okay, I'm gonna find a small job somewhere and then continue my my uh, my counseling master um, the approach that I was um, uh, studying was um, Adlerian, Adlerian approach um, and my school was um, part of uh, um, other school, school of professional psychology I went there they said sure $30,000 said, well I have three <laughs> <laughs> that's all I had yeah. So then I found a job in coffee, in a coffee shop, and then another coffee shop, and then in a roastery, and I stayed in coffee mm. after 2007, 2006, actually. Wow. That is a fascinating trajectory. And just to clarify for the audience, you are now the owner? Yes. Yeah. So I stay, I, I started as a dishwasher in a roastery, a brand new roastery in... Um, in UBC called the Boulevard Coffee Roasting Company, like as a just normal person. And about how long ago was this? Oh, that was in 2006. Oh, okay. I, I landed okay. here in February and I think I got hired in the summer. Okay. Uh, I was like, I was 240 pounds. I was heavy accent with a huge backpack on my back going to apply for hundreds of jobs a day in person. No one would hire. Like mm. no, I, I I did not receive even a single phone call, call phone call back, and I don't know why in Kerrysdale, um, a Chinese couple, I I um, in a small coffee shop called Legato, whatever that means, they said okay okay come tomorrow and work for us, okay. So they taught me that coffee costs no money and you make huge money out of it. So I said, okay, <laughs> zero standards, nothing. It was like they had coffee. I mean, again, nice people. I, I went out for dinners with them years and years and years after, right? So, I mean, but coffee knowledge. Eh. Um, so they had coffee open in, in, in huge bins exposed to air and oxygen, uh, oxygen and air and all that. So, but, but the philosophy is that, hey, don't worry. It makes money regardless. <laughs> I stayed there for a, a little bit, and then um, I found another job in a new startup that failed. Uh, but I didn't like the guy that the owner anyway. So then, with a it was such a weird thing. I applied. I was keep applying for, for applying for jobs, and then at one point I got an interview to a place called Cafe Crepe, which was let's say here, and then the Boulevard Coffee Roasting Company was right next to it. <laughs> So I walk, I take the bus and I walk and I go, I come like this. And then in front of Cafe Crepe, I see Cafe Crepe, I, I just go towards it. And there was a lady here in front. So she said, are you here for an interview? So I said, yes. So that was it. <laughs> okay. So then we started talking and then she said, okay, okay, I like you, come tomorrow. Okay. So I said, but we're here? Said, yeah. I said, well, that wasn't the place. Of, well, no problem. I didn't go to my interview. <laughs> I got a job already. Yeah. So then, now think about this. In a world of um, coffee shop with no standards, mm. the in around that time, uh, 
places like Cafe Artigiano. Well, Cafe Artigiano, I, I know if you know Cafe Artigiano from Vancouver. I'll tell the story. Okay. But the 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 higher end coffee market was starting to develop, and this place um, um, opened by a, 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 a guy that is my friend right now, um, and he helps me still a lot, and we help each other right now. Um, it was open to different standards. So I, I, I tell you something. I go first day at work and I see in the staff room a, a wall full of coffee bags, five pound coffee bags, huge, like 20 boxes, boxes with four bags each. So I said, what's with that? And the supervisor tells me, oh, uh, take some, it's garbage. Whoa. So I said, why? Well, it's two weeks old. So I said, dude, like, are you crazy? Like, what's going on? I said, no, 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 we don't use coffee that old. So I learned standards. Right. Um, I, I started managing the place after a little bit because, well, I mean, not, not because I'm somehow special. It's just that because they're all, they were all uh, students employed over there, mm. part-time, mostly. Deborah, who hired me, um, was manager. And then I became the assistant manager. And then when she left, there was a huge fight between the two owners. One owner won. I had to stick with one. I st stuck with the winning one. <laughs> and then a year later, I mean, I mean, a year after I got hired, we came back, both of us, and we started managing the place. Um, I was, and he's, I mean, John is, um, he has a PhD in pharmaceutical. He has a job. He has like he does completely other things. This was a side project for him, so mm -hmm. he he was never interested in managing um, this business. So I did that. So then that taught me a little bit about retail, business management, um, people management, which I. Uh, pe people skill, which with my Eastern European uh, background, I I'm always criticized that I'm ex very harsh with people. <laughs> well, I'm still harsh with people, <laughs> um, or I think I still come up as as harsh. Right. I'm, I'm not. I'm 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 not. I mean, I have my original employees, and they're still with with us right now. But and plus, two of my investors in these coffee shops are my original employees from the Boulevard. And oh wow! Yes, I'll tell you the story. It's 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 <laughs> so such a nice story. They helped me. Meaning that the moment, I'll go back. Okay, so I stayed at the boulevard for three years and then um, a roaster um, offers me a job uh, to manage their accounts, their, their key accounts, right? So then I go into working for a bigger company, managing, meaning sure, I, what I was doing, I was doing trainings, but in the beginning I was just doing, how should I say? maintenance of the accounts, right? I make sure that the accounts stay with us. But slowly, 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 I, I developed a, a, a training technique to, to, to train people how to make coffee. Smaller okay. groups, huge groups. Um, I, my biggest group was 100 people and in two days to train to make coffee. And I train one-on-one -on -one if, if I have to. It's not a problem, although it's better at least two people in a mm. training. So, and I started training and managing accounts and consulting, like um, consulting people from layouts of their businesses uh, to the equipment that they, 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 they should purchase, um, menu development, and all these little things. And in, in this 10 years or 12 years since I, I, I was with this company, I realized that I, li I like retail more. 
then mm-hmm. then I do like retail. I like working with people, employees. I like training. I like I, I like this side of it. Um, so I started working on an idea to open something um, quite early, uh, somewhere five years ago. Um, but my original idea is um, to go back um, to Romania because oh. I visited Romania a couple of a couple of times, and then the coffee market in Romania was just starting to develop and that was pre-covid two years before covid so Uh then i found out that um european union government um had um, a contest Uh so the contest was like this if you're if 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 you have a diploma in something you left your country of origin right and then They'll pay you a hundred thousand dollars euros that you don't have a hundred thousand dollars euros. Hundred thousand euros that you don't have to come pay back. Wow! So you open a business, but it's a contest, right? So six months of school, waking up at two, three a.m. in the morning because you're working with those times, right? Right. Um, um, business school, um, market research, building plan, uh, building the business plan, all that. Six months of that, and I went. I got, I think there were like tens of thousands of applicants. I got number six. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I was so happy. And then uh, I opened a company in Romania with the help of my cousin. I opened the company, and then they give me the money, and then something happens here um, on personal level, and I realize that I cannot go. Mm. So of December 25 I call my actually I texted her I took my advisor and I say hey I have to give the money back and then I give the money back they give the money to someone else blah blah so I gave up that idea I go through a couple of very weird years for me and then my mother gets sick um, right in right in the middle of COVID um, very quick cancer she passed away not even a year later a year later i go to the funeral i mean i travel four times in romania that year i stay there for like two three months anyway so then i come back and then i realize that i mean i i saw myself going like into like i don't know i don't know how to deal with grief i never dealt with grief before i, I never lost anyone right so i was very lost in that in that I don't know what to do with 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 my pain, right? Uh, but I didn't feel like necessarily going back to work. I also didn't like how the company I was working working for reacted with COVID, and I was a 11 year old employee just dismissed like this. Oh, wow. But we're not going to talk about that necessarily. Anyway, I didn't feel like it. So, on my. Uh, one of my customers, who's also one of my friends, said, hey, look, you have the knowledge, I have the money, let's open something. Hmm. So I, I, I had the idea already. I took the idea, I applied it, in, it took me a week to apply to Canadian um, market standards. Right. And of course, how it happens, after two weeks, he says, oh, I can't be involved anymore. Uh, of course, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it happens, right? Like, I'm, I'm, again, not, nothing can do about it. So then again, my idea came, say, uh, but I, I, it was something that I say, I, I just don't want to, 
I just don't want to leave it. So these two um, girls that I'm, I'm talking about, uh, that were my two of my employees in, in the Boulevard Coffee Roasting Company, we go out once a year to have a dinner, mm-hmm. a couple of us. And they always said, hey, if you want to open something, uh, we'll invest with you. So then I approached them. And then that's how we started. Mm. We took the idea, we refined, I refined it, we built a presentation, um, we presented to investors, there was interest, I raised the money in, in three months, I started looking for location. I always wanted to open something here, always wanted. In like I, I Well, east. East, east. yeah. But um, as I was traveling, because the company that I was working for uh, had a branch in uh, Kelowna. So I was always driving, go, going, when I wasn't flying, I was driving to like to do trainings in Kelowna. And I always told me by old hand, and um, I'm a big fan of them. Yeah, yeah, we love it there. Exactly. So then um, all the time I said, uh, I mean, I, I, tell, I told everyone, guys, stop going downtown Vancouver when you're going to pay 10, 11, $12,000 in rent yeah. for a decent size. Just go east, go Langley, go Coquitlam, go Port Moody, go Abbotsford. So right when I started to, to even plan something, I, I came here. I went to downtown Abbotsford, I started looking for location, and yeah, I, that's how it happened. Wow. So what did the idea look like at first? Was it, was it always going to be a roastery? Yes. Well, yeah. I know how to roast, right? right. So um, one of the biggest advantage, if you know how to do is is having a roaster, right? Because yeah. the, the, the investment itself is not huge. But the benefit is huge, right? Because your your coffee will be first. You're gonna control your quality. Second is gonna be you're gonna control your freshness, which is not a big deal. Everyone can give you fresh coffee, or coffee that you should use at the right time. But third, we're gonna control your price, right? Because mm. you imagine that every roaster makes money with a coffee, right? So then there's a huge difference when paying eight nine dollars a pound when roasted coffee or fourteen. Mm-hmm. It's a huge difference because this is your your biggest um, order item. Right. You sell a lot of coffee every day. Um, and again, for me, I said, well, it cost me what to buy a roaster? I bought a used roaster from US, which is an amazing roaster. It's a, it's a machine that I started working 12 years ago. It's a D3 Kyre 12. It's like a 30 pound, 12 kilogram, 30, 30 pound roaster. It's a very nice machine that can roast a lot of coffee if you roast continuously on, on it. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a machine from 2006 or 2007, but again, it's just a drum spinning. Mm-hmm. Everything else is it's, um, replaceable. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like all, all it was to find a location that will allow me to put a vent. Right. And I found it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's a huge advantage yeah. if you have the extra money to invest. Mm-hmm. But but in in the long run you can roast coffee from for other places you mm. can sell a lot of retail and people look different at you when you have a roaster over there yeah it brings another level to it well I think it's trust oh I I, I think it's trust because people associate a roaster with freshness right yeah I think it's oh yeah they they at least it's fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll give you a chance if they like the coffee, they'll buy it again and all yeah. that. But but it's there's no roaster in Abbotsford. No, I, no I was gonna ask is I didn't think there was another one. No, yeah, not big. 
not yeah. at this 12 kilograms. I think there's someone that does um, has a website that is roasting a smaller roaster, but mm. um, and there's a place called Mukasi, but I don't know what they're roasting on, but I think either they roast somewhere else or it's a small roaster. But I don't think, I've never heard of a, and I did my research, uh, of a roaster at this size in yeah. Amersford, so. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's awesome. It, it's cool to carve out a niche like that. And, yeah. It's a little bit more. It's a little bit more. I mean, um, I can tell you more about the concept if you want. Yeah, please. Um, yeah. Because um, people ask me, and even my employees, I have a, um, I have amazing employees first. I, 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 I was blessed, if I can say that word, yeah. with, um, with um, I was lucky to have amazing, to, to find like this amazing people. Um, nine, nine of them, or like most of them, one left, um, and then everyone else is still there since day one, which is not three months, but, but it's a startup, right? Yeah. understand that there's procedures that are not in place and it's kind of frustrating place in the beginning until you you kind of put all the pieces together and also i i i thought that we're gonna start being not busy so i said i have time yeah to work all my procedures and, and i didn't because we started busy and i had to be on the machine my stuff wasn't even fully trained because i said oh, it's okay i'm gonna train them when it's gonna be slow so I've done some mistakes, uh, let me put it like that, but um, one of my uh, main employees, Ethan, um, always asks me, hey, why don't you, uh, or he's pushing me to be fancier. And then um, the other day we had a staff meeting and I, I explained to everyone that I do this middle of the road approach, it's on purpose. Because I think that the the, the high-end coffee market in Abbasford is saturated or represented right. mm-hmm. by Good Kid and Old Hand. They, if you want brighter coffee, high-end, super good coffee from, I think, um, Good Kid brings it from Monogram, which is in Cumberland. And then uh, Old Hand, I think they're using bows and arrows from Victoria, okay. from the island. But they're all, they're old roaster, they, they are all roasters that, that Feel fit that in that high-end, light, bright coffees, right? Mm-hmm. What I don't think is represented all over the region, but especially here, it's the middle of the road where you can make a coffee that is not dark, which I'll tell you how dark coffee represents a loss in quality. Um, <laughs> air quotes. <laughs> yeah. It can, it can, it can. So the a coffee that is not dark, that is still a little bit bright, but has chocolate notes. It has deep, um, it has, it, it tastes good in a latte. It tastes good in a traditional cappuccino or in a flat white, right? Something that is nice and punchy. Um, maybe I don't like orange. Maybe I don't like citrus. Maybe I don't like rose or whatever I find in a, in a brighter coffee, right? So my customers tells me, tell me that they like that. Mm. They like that, that, um, middle of the road like it's not bad coffee it's still high and we're still specialty we're still 86 points 87 points sometimes 84 i'll explain after that what what the points mean uh we're still specialty high-end coffee as as expensive as as good as any good coffee roaster buys right it's just that we choose i choose to make the blends in a way for especially for my espresso in order for it to be chocolate 
to, mm. to scream dark chocolate, cocoa, uh, caramel, um, a little bit of orange citrus, uh, like orange brightness in, in a little bit of cherry, something like that. And he does it and people love it, right? So yeah. that's what I wanted to be. It's not that I can roast lighter. Oh, I can, I have an Ethiopian, um, I have coffees that I roast light and they sell as well. But if I put that through my espresso machine, I think, I think, not that I'm going to lose a silly customer, I think I'm going to get into that, the other niche that I don't want to get for now into. Maybe another shop, maybe somewhere else, I don't know. But for now, I think the customer that I have appreciate the, 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 how, how, this taste of like this type of the of, of the coffee right. more than more than anything hmm. that's yeah. it so that's you would you is that classified as a medium roast we do post blends so my espresso has three components okay um colombian sumatra and brazil um we roast them separately i roast them separately I roast Colombian first, take it out, then Sumatra, then Brazil, because each coffee reacts differently to heat. Each coffee has a different moisture, moisture content, right? So if you put all the coffees at the same time, imagine that you're going to have, they're going to be all over the place because you're going to apply the same temperature to them, right? The, the, the temperature will rise the same, but but, but they, they'll react differently, right? Mm. So then at the end, your blend won't be as good. So we roast, so uh, two of our component are, um, the Colombian is a light roast, the Brazil and the Sumatra are medium. Mm. Okay. Um, there's no oil on the bean. I mean, you won't see, uh, the coffee doesn't come into second crack. There's no oil on the bean. So it still qualifies as, as, a, as a medium roast, a true medium roast. With the one of the component being being lighter to bring some brightness into the, into the mm. Mm. now th not having oil on the bean, what does that change? Well, no, oil is a byproduct of roasting longer. Oh, okay. So any bean releases oil, right? Think right. about sunflower seeds or any kind of seeds, right? They they release oil. Same with coffee. Mm -hmm. The more you roast it, the the oiler it gets. The oils are, are still inside. But but they they come come out um, as you roasted longer and longer. Hmm. Okay, so if it's if it comes out oilier, then it's a darker roast. Take a go to to any store. If you see oil on the coffee, I'm not spotted, covered. That's dark. Hmm. Also, the coffee will be bigger because the coffee goes through. So there's so much energy going through coffee, and it cracks twice. One crack is around in my roaster. Um, it's around uh, 380 degrees when you hear the like popcorn, puck, 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 mm. all the beans, they, they crack, right? And it expands a little bit. And around 230, uh, 430 degrees, it cracks again. Oh. So darker roast, that's why go to the store and see a one pound bag of dark roast. It's bigger than a one pound bag of light roast. Mm. It's just because it expanded. Interesting. Right. I didn't know that. So let's talk then a little bit more about uh, the point system. You were talking about the points. Why why is dark coffee lower, as you were saying, if that's you an could, elaboration of the same? I mean, it has nothing to do with... I mean, it does. You could hide defects in, in a dark roast. I see. Think yeah. about in, in a dark roast, you taste carbon. Okay. That's it. It's the carbonization of the coffee. There's, if you intend... If you, if you want to taste like the farmer intended to grow the coffee or the importer told you that the coffee will taste like 
almonds or peanuts or whatever it is, um, you have to roast it lighter. Maybe. Mm. The darker you roast, the more of the carbon you're going to feel. So think right. about it. If you have a lower quality coffee, if you want to roast it darker, I mean, who's going to tell? Right. right. No, not many. If you if you if you go into French roast or dark French, nothing happens. You can put anything in there; it will taste the same. Really? Well, it's 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 more and more and more. The, the there's there's less water in the bean, so there's gonna be more burn, burn, burn. So it's carbon. Mm-hmm. That's it. So that's why I always recommend if you if you want to elevate your coffee knowledge, first don't put anything in your coffee, or try not to put. I mean, try to simplify that. Let's say you put milk and sugar, cut the sugar. Mm-hmm. Right. Leave the milk. Sugar is the easiest way to cut. Um, and also start from dark if you, and then drink medium dark and then drink medium. Right? So uh, that's how you're going to feel more about what people, the, the roasters or the farmer or the importer, it, the, the people who worked on that coffee, which like thousands of people, mm-hmm. what they intended to do. Um, to what they intended, how they intended that coffee to taste like. Right. If the coffee is a good coffee. And now, so the point system is developed by uh, SCA, which stands for Specialty Coffee Association. Uh, used to be uh, Europe and America, but now they're combined. Specialty coffee represents on a 100 point scale, 100 point scale, uh, 80 and above. Which is the most expensive coffee in the world? Think about this. Um, specialty coffee—it's like under three percent from the global coffee production, mm. but represents um, around thirty-seven percent of the global coffee market, based on price. Mm. Everything else—it's a dollar a pound. This right. is four. Right. So that's why. Yeah. It's huge from 3% to 37%. It's huge. Imagine yeah. how much the, the other coffee costs. Like, yeah. yeah. So it's a growing trend. I think um, in US, it's um, 37% specialty. Hmm. Okay. Last year. And they, it's still a billion dollars, billion, billions of dollars, right? Um, it's growing yeah. 2 3% every year. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. By, by, yeah. Uh, 2030, it's it's um, um, it's estimated to grow uh, by like 50 billion or something. Like that. Uh, it's huge. It's huge. Um, I listened, by the way, funny story. I driving here, listen um, one of your podcasts um, with what was his name? He was growing trees. Oh, the oh, Christmas tree farm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. The, how the conversation started, it was like him, how he hates coffee. And he hates the fact that, uh, I think it was him. I, I, I'm, I'm, I no, that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, how he had, oh, I don't want to be addicted to the habit of, mm. and say, oh, I see zombies at Tim Hortons yes. all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it was funny. It yeah. was funny. Um, that's the market I'm in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you can see like that. Um, it is a drug, but sugar is a drug. Yeah. Salt is a drug. Yeah. I mean, and no one does anything to those companies. Yeah. How should I say? If, if done right, it can mean something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's why the, 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 the specialty coffee market grows, because there's demand for better coffee. There's right. demand for better cars. There's demand for better iPhones. There's demand for better everything. And there's demand for better coffee. 
mm-hmm. right? So people learn to value um, or to appreciate the, the, the increase in value. The farmers get paid better. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone makes more money, including them, which is valuable as well. If you go to source and then see them and see how they live and see that changes, changes a little bit and then you appreciate a little bit more buying specialty coffee. Right. Because that's how they make their money. Um, the other coffee they sell for cents. Yeah. Cents, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, I like the market. I like, I mean, yes, I'm, we are fueling a habit. But again, it can be done in a, in a good way, in my yeah. opinion. Um, yeah, I, I think it's kind of a, it's, it's a, it's a one-two step. It's like people form the habit and now they want to kind of refine that habit a little bit, I guess. Yes, but I mean, um, Stefan, right? Mm-hmm. His argument was it's still a drug. Right. And he, yeah. say, he said, oh, I don't want to be part of it because I don't want to be a zombie. Right. Mm-hmm. Fair. I mean, I, I, I share that philosophy in many aspects, although I would choose moderation versus zero. Right. In my opinion. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, each to their own. Um, interesting. So you think that is it just because we have the capability to produce better quality coffee now that the market is changing? Like, where did the demand come from, do you think? Well, think about this. It's a very slow-changing thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it, tomorrow, if Apple wants to make a better iPhone, they'll just do a better iPhone. <laughs> right. Here, if you want to educate the people to drink better coffee, first you have to you get better coffee, so you have to educate the farmers to make better coffee. Mm-hmm. And then you have to bring it here, roast it better make it better with technology now we're using skills and thermometers and like many machines to to refine how to make coffee and not necessarily how to make coffee is how to replicate a good result mm. this is that's why we pay thirty thousand dollars for an espresso machine not because it does one good coffee it's just because it can replicate the same result over, over and over and over. And yet we don't fully trust it. We put skills and we put visual marks on how the crema looks and all that. So we're not happy with that. So then you teach the farmer how to make good, better, or not you, but the farmer figures out through right. a process how to make better coffee. You get it, you roast it better, you prepare it better, then you have to educate the market, right? Mm. It's... It's a slow-moving thing, right? Um, that that exactly what Starbucks went through. When they came here, there was only double-doubles. And then everyone <laughs> said, oh, no, 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 my 75 cents Tim Hortons is what I'm ever going to get. And mm-hmm. Starbucks said, no, no, don't worry. You're going to pay 250 for a cup of coffee. And then waited. And then waited and waited. And they get the market. And then... And then Coffee shop like Cafe Artigiano came in and say, no, no, hold on. We're gonna, you're going to pay $4 for a cup of coffee. And everyone mm-hmm. said, no. And they waited and they waited and they, made a, they, they were consistent in what they were doing. And people started paying more for coffee, seeing the value. Mm-hmm. Artigiano, Cafe Artigiano had the second busiest coffee, busiest coffee shop in North America for two years in a row. Whoa. Back in 2007 or eight. Wow. They were like the house store in, in Cafe Artigiano when it was run by Vince Piccolo had a lineup from start to finish. Yeah. They were, they were the only coffee shop I know, or no, sorry, they're the first coffee shop I know they hired a chef 
a, like a, a skilled person in, in cooking to make uh, breakfast items and food items. It was crazy. But when I went there, I was a poor immigrant from Romania, and I went there, I, I got the breakfast wrap, and I ate it. I said, dude, that's the best thing I ate in my life. Mm. It was well thought of. It was well done. So, yes, I mean, they also educate the market. So that's why we exist all now in this market that was educated with Starbucks. And Starbucks is not a bad company, in my opinion. Still, I mean, sure, they have 33,000 stores, but... But they, we, we exist in this market because, because they educated people to drink better coffee. Mm. Sure, when you're that big, there's many things that happen, right? With your, so, like how you source your coffee, how you treat your employees or your partners or your, the, but, but, but they're huge. They're huge. Like the amount of coffee that they, they buy in their yeah. roast is like crazy. Very good. I, I mean, I, I, as a business, I'm, I'm very impressed with them. Hmm. Yeah. Would you, are you more inclined to support a local, like one store coffee shop as opposed to something like Starbucks as a chain? Uh, how should I say the, the snobby me says yes. Mm hmm. Um, if the local does well, like does coffee in, in the, the, the local shop or the, the small shop does coffee well. Um, I don't, when I, when I, when there's no coffee, I don't care what I, I, I can go to Tim Hortons, McDonald's. If I need caffeine, I'll just go anywhere. I care less, right? If I'm in Prince George, again, what choices <laughs> yeah. do you have? I, I, the only one I really don't want is the uh, gas station coffee. That's I, that's that's mm -hmm. beyond my limit. <laughs> but um, but anything else, it doesn't really matter. If I want caffeine, then if I have choice, yes, I will choose the one that does better. But um, there's play. I've, I've been to China and then and in mainland China uh, in a city that nine million people small city um, and there's only Starbucks there's bad coffee shops tea and Starbucks that's all you can get and mm -hmm. then you have to get it right um, at that point yes I wouldn't choose a small coffee shop I tried they, don't, they didn't know what they're doing so I went to Starbucks mm -hmm. right huge presence even yeah. so that was five years ago four years ago five years ago even then huge presence there was malls that had Starbucks in every level really every level hmm that's the power of them. Like my daughter that has a father that has a coffee shop sometimes go to Starbucks. <laughs> it's it's the trendiness. It's mm -hmm. everyone goes, right? Yeah. Plus they are they are they are innovating constant well, they have an army of people that innovate for uh, for them, right? So when I was working in um account management, one of the most um, often asked questions to me was how do I replicate Starbucks's frapp frappuccino? <laughs> oh, Starbucks has a hibiscus steel, uh, whatever. How do I do that? Everyone was asking, how do I copy Starbucks? Well, with this shop, I'm not in the same market. I care less about what Starbucks does. I mean, I, we're not trying to copy Starbucks. But in, 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 in the low to middle range coffee market, it's very common. 
people want to be Starbucks mm-hmm. without being Starbucks because yeah. you can't buy a Starbucks franchise. Yeah. So yeah. <sighs> yeah, I mean, you you mentioned it, but that that I mean, the fear of missing out, the trendiness of it, like that plays such a huge role. And I just like, is there a way that you can manipulate the market so that that becomes your coffee shop? I mean. We, we no i mean the kids my my daughter is 12 mm-hmm. the 12 to 17 18 they won't give us a chance right because starbucks tastes better more sugar yeah uh, their drinks are way better done in terms of their preparation standards not standards necessarily but recipe standards they mm. they, they are a very consistent machine and they sell on consistency yeah. The fact that you can get a pie crust here or in Shanghai, it's super valuable for them mm-hmm. because people go where they used to, w- w- they want the taste that, that they know from home. Yeah, familiarity. Exactly. So that's why they sell. Plus, again, when they launch a product, it's flawlessly run, launched. It's not like, oh, let's how do we do this? Let's figure it out. No, no. It's well done. So mm-hmm. yeah. And everybody's talking about it. And it's like, exactly. it's yeah, advertising to, plays a role. Yeah. I learned the fact. So they have fifteen thousand stores in U.S., okay. which is forty percent of all the coffee shop numbers. Wow, forty percent! That is wild. It's Jeez. wild. It's like I couldn't believe it. I hope it's true. Yeah. I read it somewhere um, the other day, but I said, "Wow, that's that's market." Um, how do you call it? Market share. Market share. Yeah. yeah, that that's something. And in a very short period of time, realistically, twenty years. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, well, I mean, grand scheme. That's no, no. <laughs> meaning, meaning yeah. if you have access to money and a good, a good business plan, look at SpaceX. Yeah, it's not short. When building rockets, it's not it's, it's not easy. If you have money, it's easy. Yeah. Same with Starbucks. If you have money to to, to build five thousand stores a year, it's, it's not. All you have to is, is to have money. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Or access to money. Right. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So what's uh, what's next for you? You you just started Aurora. You were what three months in. Mm-hmm. So are do you just plan on sticking with it for now and seeing how it goes? No, no, no. A uh, couple of I I like to open another one or two or three, whatever. Mm-hmm. I like to move east a little bit. Mission Chilliwack. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, no. I I'm, I mean our kitchen and our our roastery support can support multiple locations. That's why, how I built it. Oh, okay. Right? So you would roast it in Avisor and then you can ship the, the roasted product anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah. Or get into wholesale or do a little bit of both or just oh. sell coffee to other coffee shops. Interesting. So it's, there's interest. There's mm-hmm. interest in both. I, I have people that are interested in, interested in investing already for another location. And I have people that are interested in buying coffee already so based on how we do right now so mm. who knows i'm i mean i have experience in both yeah um it's i might do both i started wholesaling already there's i have a couple of customers um so i don't know uh, but no 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 I'm, i won't stay here i'll bring this first i need to understand the biggest danger when you have a good start with a business is the biggest danger is that you're going to say, Oh, I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Let me open another one. And then not figuring out 
what made you successful? Right. Is it you? Is it the product? Is it the location? Is it a combination of both or all three? So I need to figure out still why this place started well. Well about my estimation. Mm-hmm. So the moment I figure out and I understand where we are in terms of sales and everything, I can hire a manager or I can pay a manager to do the majority of the job and I can focus on something else. Mm-hmm. I'm still, I think, in the fall, I'm going to decide what's what. I don't know how summer will be. Uh, maybe right. it's slow, maybe it's busy. I don't know. <laughs> I, have, I don't have numbers. But the opening's been successful so far. More than successful. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to sound very confident. I'm not necessarily very confident. I don't want to speak too much. It's just I estimated something and I got something way yeah. higher than what I estimated. That's great. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah, it huge. stayed in within the same numbers. Yeah. There's competition that opened around. There's place reporter open across yeah. the street yeah. from yeah. us yeah. and they have a coffee machine and they have a bakery and then we didn't lose sales because of that. Yeah. So... I don't know. Maybe it's a product. Maybe it's a location. Maybe it's Abbasford. I mean, I'm impressed with with Abbasford. To be honest, it's like I've never imagined, never, that that this community is so tight. It is, and they can yeah. support you that much. Yeah, with still 150,000 people or whatever, like how, yeah, how, 160, 170 almost. Exactly. Yeah. So then, still, it's a very nice and tight community. People know each other, yep. and then. There's support. I see faces every day, the same faces, and people come and talk to me and say, hey, your guys are doing a good job, or not. They yeah. tell us yeah. what they're doing <laughs> wrong. And yeah. It's it's very... I, I, I think that's the part I, 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 I forgot to calculate. Uh, it's the community. The human um, connection. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I'm not a friendly person. I'm the most <laughs> antisocial person you'll meet. In It's like, I don't... I mean, anyway... Can talk about that later. I, I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm nice to people. I, I believe in fairness and everything. But I'm very very shy and I I, I connect hard like uh, like not very easy with people. Right. Yet everyone is so so. I mean, I don't know. I, I I felt it was a nice experience. It's welcoming. It's amazing. But I had experience. I mean, I was telling everyone. I I had a very good experience with the city. And I had a very good experience with my... No, no not with my landlord. <laughs> <laughs> Part of my landlord. Um, I had a good experience with realtors. And it, it, was, it wasn't bad. I was expect. Also, I came with a huge negative expectation. Uh-huh. Because in Vancouver, you wait a year for a permit. Yeah. Sure, I did things right. I, I applied for all the permits. I got all the consulting that I needed to do and, and all that. And I applied and they said, sure. Three weeks later, I got my permit. That's <laughs> That doesn't exist in Vancouver. No, amazing, amazing mm-hmm. experience. That's And that's what, from employees to relatively affordable rent to, and employees, by the way, people that want work, want full-time employment, um, you can pay, we don't pay minimum by, because I, I, we don't pay a lot over minimum, but I, I, I want to start being fair with my employees and say, hey, I want, I like to give you a little bit more than, than than what everyone. In Vancouver, it's either if you go in suburbia, Coquitlam, uh, Port Moody, Burnaby, it's minimum. And if you go to downtown, it's $20 an hour hmm. for, for a barista right. because they can't afford to pay rent in downtown. 
Yeah. So here, people want to work and they they, they want full time employment, and that's in Van- that doesn't exist in 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 the Greater Vancouver. Not anymore. Mm. Everyone is. They need to make more money. They jump from jump from a job to another to another to another for another fifty cents, another another dollar an hour because rents are so high. Interesting. It's an interesting thing. Yeah. I I I uh, underestimated this human thing in uh, in Abbotsford. Yeah. I'm pleasantly surprised to see it. To be That's honest. great. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. so glad that you mentioned that. That's it. Really encourages me. And I mean, I've lived here my whole life in Abbotsford and. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. But the neighbors, like yeah. I have support from neighbors that uh, it's crazy. And not necessarily that they come every day. They come, sure, no problem. But they, they advertise us and they talk mm. about us yeah. and they send people to us. It, it's nice. It's nice. And I, and I don't believe, again, I don't believe that I'm that. I don't believe it's me. I think it's just people just believe in these kind of things. I don't know. Yeah, we just, or there was a need yeah. for this kind of business. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. I'm having fun every day. Yeah, I, I can imagine that that community of, of historic downtown Abbotsford feels like that. Like just kind of being there, you can you get that sense that mm-hmm. you know everybody's pointing in the other direction. Mm-hmm. Check out mm-hmm. what this guy's mm-hmm. doing. Look mm-hmm. at what this guy's exactly. doing. Exactly. Dollarama's still here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's okay. I yeah. buy a lot of things from Dollarama. Yeah. There's. Ten in town though, <laughs> really, true. pretty close. There, there's really? a lot. Yeah, there's too many. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, but there's I, not a lot you can use those big spaces for. I guess split it into more smaller ones. True. Yeah, but they yeah. pay their rent. Yeah, yeah. landlord is happy. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah, <laughs> you want the Dollarama. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's like, true. Kind of keeps the area alive in a way. No, no, not you. I mean, yeah. we don't because it looks ugly and green but um the landlord does yes. right the landlord said okay i want because yeah. again they're big they rent the whole space they pay their bills on time yeah they're a huge company right yeah. so they'll, they'll be less issue me it's harder to to <laughs> sign a lease, to sign a lease right without yeah. a lot of deposits and this and that because they, they look at me and say hey who, are, who do you have like what do you have to prove nothing yeah. right so it, for me, it was hard to sign a lease, by the way. I mean, not hard. It took some time for me to understand how to negotiate and all mm. that because I'm mm. small. And yeah. then I had nothing. If I had four stores, I say, hey, I have four stores, no problem. Yeah. That's why, okay, that's why, for example, small coffee shops don't, go in, don't, don't really go into malls. Right. right. Because malls don't want small coffee shops. Or if they do, they'll just negotiate some conditions that you'll never get out of. Mm. Uh, they want Starbucks and blends and waves and this and people that that have backing of a head office that can pay right. their bills with even if they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. For me, if I'm in trouble, I leave whatever they sue me. I'll deal with that, right? But Starbucks, they pay rents. Sometimes they close the store. They pay rents for three years. Yeah, really. Oh yeah, like the the Starbucks in Shaughnessy. They closed it. And they pay they pay rent for another year, stayed like that. That was their lease probably expired in another right. year. They pay it. Well, when you have 30,000 30, stores, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. But but again, going back to Starbucks, not to um, talk too much about it. <laughs> that's a sign of a healthy company when right. they know how to open and how to close stores. Right. 
because losing money with the store it's it's bad starbucks says okay 300 tomorrow cut not easy for the employees not easy for the families i understand that aspect but for as from a business standpoint smart perfect yeah yeah you know you're losing money okay it's time to go yeah so yeah it's surgical almost right <laughs> well yeah yeah they, they're smart they're yeah. smart but again they have to be yeah mm. yeah i got a couple more coffee questions and then we should go back in time to all of the other interesting things that you said True, before yeah. we started talking about coffee. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's just take a beer break. Do you yeah. know them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been here a few times. Yeah, yeah the uh, Dead Frog, they do, in the in the fall, they do a, something called the Nutty Uncle. And it is my one of my favorite beers ever. <laughs> it's fantastic. I love an IPA that is not very alcohol- I mean, it's not heavy yeah. in alcohol. Mm-hmm. I like beers but around five, six percent, and then all the IPAs have more. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they're usually pretty high up there. Mm, it's good. Thank you. Thank you for bringing this. Yeah, it was oh, my pleasure. Again, I said, well, you said bring a drink, so I said, well, it's okay. I'll bring beer. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Um, so, uh, two coffee questions I had, and then we should go back in time. Yeah. Um, first one, I know Russell wrote it down. What's your coffee order if you're going out? What do you what do you get? Macchiato, which is a four ounce to five ounce latte. Okay. Everything in specialty coffee shop, most of the things are lattes. Um, um, the same, the way you steam the milk, it's the same for all the drinks, meaning mm-hmm. that uh, macchiato, an espresso is an espresso, no milk. Macchiato, it's a one to one. One part espresso, one part milk. So four ounce drink, two ounces of espresso, two ounces of milk. Excuse me. Um, and that's a latte. A four ounce latte. A cortado, it's a five, five ounce latte. A cappuccino, it's a seven ounce latte. A flat white, around eight ounces with less foam. Mm-hmm. A latte is a 12 ounce latte. A 16 latte, 16 ounce latte, it's a latte with 16, in, in a 16 ounce cup. Mm. So everything is a latte. Mm. I mean, everything is it's steamed with the same technique. Right. right. We all, on our menu, we have only one drink that I offer for, um, just as a joke, uh, it's, it's a foamy cappuccino. I, I, I put it cappuccino, the foamy one on my menu, just like that. Hmm. Because uh, there's a way of making a foamy cappuccino good. Uh, Starbucks does it, well, they put a lot of air in the milk and pour it from the side of, from the pitcher. So that's a one way to do it. We scoop it, we make micro bubble foam, we scoop it in, and it looks nice, right? But everything else we steam, it's with the same as a latte. Mm. So I like either if if I want to, if I'm not fasting, sometimes I'm fasting and I drink an eight ounce Americano with half water. So mm. around six ounce, four, four ounce of water, two ounce of, of espresso. That's my to-go drink most of the time. Okay. Mm. And then if I want to drink something with milk, I drink either a macchiato or a traditional cappuccino, which is either a four ounce latte or a seven ounce latte. Come to the shop and I'll 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 demonstrate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what about at home? Uh, do you ever brew French coffee press. at home? French, French press. press. Okay, it's by far the best method I know. Okay, really? Oh my god! Because <laughs> I've bought into just about every single possible way you can make coffee at home without buying an espresso machine. And the French press, I've just never had that much luck with. Pour over is the one that I do if I'm not 
if I have some time, right? Or over in a Chemex, yeah. I like. Yeah, that's what I in do. Yeah. Chemex metal filter. Yeah. It's pretty much the same texture as French press, but metal filter. Right. For two reasons. First, there's no taste. Second, you can reuse the filter like right. a million times. Yeah. But yeah, French press is, is what I do at home. Okay. A light roast. I have my Ethiopian or black coffee from wherever. Yeah. Um, because I like to try other people's coffees and um, yeah scale a fellow grinder grinder is extremely important for french press or for right. anything but by the way in a coffee shop the most important piece of equipment is the grinder the grinder, right. the yeah. grinder. i always tell people if you don't have enough money buy less of, a, of an espresso machine but more of a grinder right really yes so that's the most important just because you want to get that it the right consistent texture the consistency, consistency yeah. of of grind yeah meaning Coarse versus fine, because any grind will have a, an amount of a coffee that is finer and an amount of coffee that is coarser, right? The better the grinder, the more expensive the grinder it is, the bigger the burrs are, the, they rotate. Yeah. The um, two things, less heat dispersion, uh, more heat dispersion, meaning that the moment you press the beans and rotate, you're going to create heat. Okay. Mm. Too much heat will roast the beans more. Mm. Technically, will roast the beans more, right? Because the smaller the particle, it will react to heat right away. Right. It will change the taste. So then, um, and then grind consistency. Mm-hmm. Coarse versus fine it has to be. You have to have a lot of metal. So grinder, if you, if I advise anyone to invest anything in in their home equipment, buy a grinder. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, one hundred dollar. Uh, French press from Bodum or Espro. Yeah. That's it. Hmm. And a scale. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing without a scale. Yeah, that's right. that's a pretty important part of the process yeah. from, from what little I understand. No, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you won't be consistent if you don't. Like yeah. estimating uh, 500 milliliters of water goes up and down by, by 10% easily. So think about 450 versus 550. It's mm-hmm. it's quite a, quite a yeah. difference. So yeah, that's French press. Yeah, for me. Interesting. What? Okay. What How? are you? Hold on. What are you brewing at home? Uh, I usually buy um, Kicking Horse. Is usually what I buy. I know it's wrong. Uh, I'm going to switch. Is it bad? <laughs> is that bad? I don't know the. Well, it's brands. just not local. It's a big brand. Okay. It's a huge brand. Yeah. Bought by. I I don't want I don't know the name by the Nestle or so. It's it's. Huge right now. It's yeah. been bought by. They're bought started, by a big company. Oh yes, yes. Oh absolutely. okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not for a long time. Okay. So they moved. I mean, they sold it for like two hundred million dollars or something. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know if I'm speaking the right numbers, but they sold for a lot of money to a big company. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Wow. So plus, <laughs> it's not fish. It's not. No. Fish. Yeah. Definitely not. Exactly. Yeah. So, by the way, difference between buying coffee from a grocery store and a roaster is that the coffee from the grocery store will have an expiration date. Yeah. And the coffee from a roaster will have a production date. Always buy coffee right. that has a production date. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Can you imagine how many groceries you wouldn't buy if they told you when it was made? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> True. But then yeah. by because food has different standards when it comes to grocery stores, hmm. they have to put a, um, it's by law. Yeah. yeah. But it's different for coffee. 
No, no, it's, I mean, they apply the same thing for coffee, right? Whoever buys, I mean, no disrespect to you, but whoever buys, or to anyone that buys coffee from a grocery store, but whoever buys coffee from a grocery store, they don't go there for freshness. Right. They go for other reasons, right? right? If you want fresh lately in the last 10, 15 years, you go to the roaster mm. or to a higher end grocery store. Like, but even even if you go to Whole Foods or Choices, or still the coffee will be old. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, it's better to go to a coffee shop and to go to the roaster. Yeah. Okay. So, and now are you, are you going to start selling wholesale eventually? I did. I yeah. did. I did okay. already. I did. I just, last week I got my first customer of. Uh, oh, wonderful. Coffee. That's why I was in, in downtown Vancouver to do a training. They're my first customer. Okay. So if I were. If it was me, can I go? Can I walk into Aurora and buy a bag of coffee? Oh no, but that's not wholesale. That's retail. Right. Yes. Right. Oh no, wholesale is mean if you have a coffee shop, then I I will sell you coffee. To You'll put, sell to the coffee that's shops. That's wholesale. Yeah. Retail is yes. We have a a wall of retail right now, which is extremely sad, because it only has coffee. So my job, one of my jobs, in the next little while, is to make that corner better with more to sell. Um, but yes, we have coffee. We have three types of coffee right now. We have our espresso, we have our Guatemala, and we have the Ethiopian, which is the most expensive coffee we buy, mm -hmm. the lighter roast, and what I recommend for something like a pour over or French press. And then once in a while, we have a medium dark roast because people want it. People yeah. want it, yeah. <laughs> not very yeah. dark. It's not in the second crack yet. Slightly oily. Um, it's a Guatemala Sumatra blend. It's amazing. Really? Yes. If you like kicking horse, maybe that's what you're gonna like. I'll, I'll come to the shop. I'll give you a bag. Um, it's it's a nice blend. Yeah, I do usually go for the lighter stuff. Uh, wherever I go, I try to go for a lighter the roast. Lighter, that yeah. is what I prefer. But, yeah. Where are you on uh, like like latte art? I mean, is that just gimmicky? Do you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time, every time. I mean. Because I don't have as much practice as my employees, for example. Of course. I do hearts. I do a rosetta. I can do a tulip. No problem. I do it all the time. Latte art. I always tell my the people I train that latte art is a byproduct byproduct of good good milk steaming. Mm. But it shouldn't be the goal. I'd rather have an ugly latte that tastes good than a pretty latte that tastes bad. Yeah. Right. So. And for my employees, latte art is not, I mean, they can still practice and they can still serve drinks to the customers without latte art, as long as they're good drinks, mm -hmm. versus focusing only on latte art and losing in quality. Right. Important because it shows the people that you know what you're doing, especially when it's done right. Right. But again, it's not a must. Mm. I'd rather have quality. But yeah. ideally, both. <laughs> oh yeah, you know. I mean, everyone right now in out of my employees can make a heart, um, or Rosetta. Ethan makes uh, swans. Oh, nice. Or he tries to make swans. <laughs> <laughs> she's go he's gonna listen to that. But anyway, no, no. He's um, he's he's um, uh, even today he he saw he showed us that he almost made a perfect swan. So no, okay, we're wow. getting there. We're getting there. I mean, I, you're only three months in, so yeah. you'll have it perfected in no time. <laughs> yeah, not me. Like, I, in the beginning, when I developed my training technique, I was doing no latte art, and then I realized that my trainees are disappointed. Mm. Yeah. Because if I cannot show them a heart, 
they'll say, uh, yeah, it was good, but I mean, uh, I, I, because for, for someone that doesn't know coffee, latte art is the ultimate thing, <laughs> right? Uh, so now in my technique, um, after two and a half hours of training with two people, they make hearts. Right. And they are so satisfied. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Now this, <laughs> this training program that you designed, you, you can just pass, you can just approach any coffee shop with that and you can train. And I do, employees. I do. I get, I get hired by many people. Okay. And then for training. Really? Yeah. Hmm. But there's not a lot of people that, that pay, they want to pay. I mean, throughout the number of coffee shops, which are thousands. Yeah. Not, not a lot of people see the value in training. Mm. This is where people cut their costs, right? So in the consulting world of coffee, um, I do not survive on it. Right. So if a training comes, sometimes three a week, sometimes none, I don't, I don't ask for them. They just come to me and say, hey, we, we, we need training. Absolutely. I give them the price. I give them my, my requirements. I have very strict requirements. <laughs> I walked away of trainings because they didn't fulfill the requirements. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's, what's well, a respect thing? If I, if I invest time to be here with you and I ask you, hey, do this for me. Yeah. It's like, if you don't, then our relationships are wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah, mutual respect. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I give my time and I give my knowledge and all that. I, if I ask you to a couple of things and you don't do them, simple things, then it's okay. I, I walk I walk out. I don't yeah. Care. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Let's meet tomorrow or next week. Mm-hmm. And they'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, um, I get, uh, I used to way more a couple of years ago when I was working for the roaster for the roaster and now we slow down just because I'm more in Abbasford right now but once in a while I get one week long trainings or four hour long trainings and mm-hmm. I enjoy it I love it I uh, every year I go to Big White and they have three locations over there three coffee shop one good coffee shop and then two so-so and then I train older stuff mm. those are hundreds of people sometimes because they probably have a lot of turnaround yeah yeah. Yes. And they want to train everyone. Yeah. All the Australians or the all. <laughs> it's so fun. It's so fun to, to train people because then you have 25 people, then there'll be one that makes latte art and one that had never touched a coffee machine. And you have, you have a day and a half to bring them all to the same level. Really? Yes. Wow. It's yeah. nice. Yeah. That's and not a lot of time. Well, eight hours with with i mean you split them into groups so you do six hours and six hours or then four hours now four hours tomorrow it's something again yeah, it depends right. on the level right you don't yeah. have to make them all barista championships right but you have to on the because again think about who's coming there people that are coming there if they get anything above a starbucks they're happy yeah yeah they'll be fine it's they sell mostly hot chocolates anyway <laughs> <laughs> the volume of hot chocolates on the mountain it's crazy oh, yeah. I believe that you should see it's a money making machine yeah. it's crazy yeah that makes sense yeah do you are you seeing an up an uptick in other products like hot chocolate and becoming more of an artisan product or is it we make our own yeah okay yeah exactly so we take cocoa a little bit of sugar some salt 
some chocolate chips, we blend them together, make our own sauce, and mm -hmm. we make it, yes. Our chocolate taste, in my opinion, way different. I'm not saying going to say better. Way different than, than other um, sugar-fulfilled uh, products. Yeah. So, yes, there's, there's that, but it's the craftiness of making your own sauces. We make our own caramel. Mm. Well, oh, hold on. I tried yesterday to make our own caramel. It failed. <laughs> <laughs> but we will make, I have the recipe and I will perfect it. We yeah. will make our, we make, the way to be, the better, the best way to be profitable is to make as much as you can in house. Yes. Right. That's it. Yeah. Chocolate, caramel, anything you can. Anything you can. Bring the ingredients because think about who makes, who brings the ingredients together makes money out of you. That's it. It's better ingredients, better control on the quality, mm -hmm. plus cheaper price. It's yeah. a win-win-win. Yep. Oh, interesting. I've learned so much about coffee in the past <laughs> hour. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, Zach, I know you wanted to dive somewhere else. You want to go into that? Yeah, yeah. I want to go back to back to the beginning. So you grew up in communist Romania. Up, uh, up until 12 years old. Yeah. Uh, we had a revolution in 1989. Okay. Backed by Western forces yeah. or um, backed by Western countries, we killed uh, Ceausescu, which was the, our communist dictator, and then we became a republic, independent yeah. republic. You remember much of that time, or yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, it was fun for not fun, meaning that I was up to twelve, right? Right. Mm -hmm. I remember everything. Yeah. I, but I remember with a smile on my face, right? right? Okay. Yeah, I was almost killed one day fighting for a chicken. Sure. It was like, think about this. We had people spotting the chick the truck with chicken from kilometers away. And they were running to tell us that it's coming. So everyone, there was, there was a, gro think about a grocery store, a small grocery store, mm -hmm. empty, nothing, not even a single bag of chips, nothing. Mm -hmm. So employees were doing, were staying like this because they had nothing to sell. Right. So those were the bad times, like in the eighties, eighty five, eighty six, eighty seven, when Ceausescu decided to not be friends with Gorbachev and to Russia, and then decided to pay all the debt that Romania had. He let he left us debt free, like debt free. Mm. We had no debt when he died. Yeah. But was poor, right? Right. We were poor because that money has to be has come from. So I remember stamp cards for half a bread per person per day, one kilogram of sugar a week, half a kilogram of oil a week. And my mother used to send me with a card to get stamped and get the stuff right. Yeah. But we were lucky because my parents had parents in the countryside, and they had a cow, and they had and they give us or or sheep, and they give us cheese and meat. And then my father's parents, they had pigs, and they cut a pig for us every year, send us the products. So we had stuff. I, I weren't starving, or like by far. And plus, my we were middle class. Uh, my mother was a teacher. My father was in the army. So we had income. We had money. We didn't have much to buy with the money. Right. But it was, it was, I mean, for us, I remember that again. Uh, we had... Oranges once a year, bananas a year, twice yeah. a year. Yeah. Right? Wow. 
those things for us you eat bananas as hard you can you you can just kill someone with it <laughs> i remember putting the bananas to the hardest place in the house up somewhere yeah for them to ripe fast oh yeah yeah because you couldn't even eat them they were so green and everything so yeah i mean but for me it was okay it was fun but yes then i remember the prosecution i remember whenever my parents had parties when they weren't wanted to talk a little bit about the system they were closing the doors mm. one day i remember that i heard something a, a joke i can't translate it in english because it's just a play on words that it doesn't translate but i remember that my father came to me the next day and he sat me down and i was like 10 or something like nine and he sat me down and said hey look if you tell that joke to the school in the school i'm gonna get in trouble yeah. mm. so i had to understand that i'm not supposed to repeat that joke because right. the, the the special police we had would come to me and say hey where'd you hear it mm. and i had to say i heard it from home and he's in the army and then right. it's all the things so yes i remember those things but they i mean they culturally they didn't have a lot of impact on, on me right uh, and after that after 12 i was a teenager in a democracy that was understood as we wanted hmm. it was a free-for-all a free-for-all yeah. <laughs> it was like anything everyone stole romania about two million dollars i think in chocolate and and bubble gum in the first month of freedom because that's <laughs> what we were missing sweets yeah, yeah. cigarettes and um coffee it was a free-for-all yeah. It was a chaos, politically, no one knew. It was, everyone came at the same time. Everyone, like every all, everything good and bad, mostly bad from the Western culture, came at the same time. Imagine, like, even right now, we're, as a, as a nation, we're, like, still recovering after that. Mm-hmm. It was interesting, but some sad parts, some happy parts, yeah. Hmm. So you remember the change from from the the communism to the democracy? Oh, I remember the day. I, I know exactly where I was when the people started going on the streets yeah. and people started shooting. And my sister met me somewhere, and she was way more adventurous than I am. And she said, "Okay, let's go and then demonstrate with people." And I was so so afraid. I said, "No, let's go home and hide." <laughs> and then all the rumors, like, "Oh, they're poisoning the water. Don't drink the water." All those things when 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 the small civil war happens, right. Yeah, a couple of days of completely chaos, and then it was quiet. Wow. Thousand and something dead, some fights on the street, and yeah. And then a new a new world. <laughs> slowly, slowly. Yeah. You should, it was crazy. Like, you should, I mean, even right now when I look at the images, a year after the revolution, because we used to have, all our clothes used to be gray. Hmm. Gray clothes and dark and dark blue and all that there was no color in our clothes like if you look at at the images from the revolution of the people their 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 clothes are are very uniform Mm -hmm. in color right and after that it just exploded everything was everywhere and there was no one to tell you no don't buy that and everyone had money because not everyone okay I'm, i'm generalizing but most of the people had money because we didn't have a lot to buy with a lot of stuff to buy to buy with the money yeah so most of they gave us the houses like i remember that a couple of years later the government said okay buy the houses it was nothing (laughs) apartments Mm -hmm. just buy them so i remember that my parents paid like paid something but it was nothing 
So yes, lots of things happen. Yeah. Think about there was a country that there was no private property, mm-hmm. and everything went private just like that. Yeah, yeah. crazy explosion. People got rich. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. People got rich. Yeah. Lots of like stone. Whoever knew how to steal, they're rich even right now. Right. Hmm. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, do you have any questions about that? I don't know. That's, <laughs> I, <clears throat> what, like what, I mean, you, you stayed in Romania till you were how old? Oh, I left when I was 27. Okay. So I stayed in Romania for a while. Yeah. I, after my high school, I, I grew up in a small town, a small mountain resort in the middle of the country. And then I moved to the capital, I, uh, to the university, and I stayed there. I got a job. Um, but most of the time I was thinking, hey, I want to go, I want to go. Hmm. I traveled through Europe. I came back and I said, let's go. So hmm. then... That was the focus. I was keep studying my my uh, working in human resources, excuse me, and which I never liked, and uh, studying counseling, which I wanted to like. No, so which I wanted to practice, which I liked, mm-hmm. but I never got to practice because then in the middle of it I left. Right. And mm-hmm. here I I went a cup to a couple of seminars, a couple of courses, but I realized more and more and more that I can't afford the school the way I wanted. I need money to pay my rent, and then I just stayed into coffee. I liked the management part of the coffee shop, and then I went to school. I went to barista school. I went to roasting school. I went to, I educated myself, and then I stayed in coffee. Yeah. It's okay. I like coffee. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. I mean, I'm I'm sure everyone likes your coffee too. So. Yeah, no, and, and again, I'm, I mean, meaning that I, I don't have many regrets. Uh, psychology is interesting. It's still going to that university taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, all the knowledge that and the the logical scheme in my mind that 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 taught me a couple of things, many things. So I'm grateful for that. But I don't use my degree. That's what I'm trying right. to say. Mm-hmm. So what was it that? drove you to psychology i didn't like math you didn't like math yes <laughs> okay <laughs> i didn't like math i didn't like uh, i mean i liked um languages like study of languages and all that but um so i said well i like people i like so i said the the post-communist education system it's very different really Oof. it's like you you there's no choice like zero choice mm. so um in high school you go and apply to your high school has a team. Your high school class has a team. My team was tourism because I was um, building. I was living in a tourist, tourist like in a city full of tourists mm-hmm. and hotels and all that. So we studied the tourism industry, right? Um, there's another class uh, uh, that studied uh, physics and math, and then another that studied biology and chemistry. But that was their focus. Right. But everyone did everything. There's no, you cannot choose your classes like here. Right. Well, maybe now, I don't know, but it, it wasn't. So then you finish your high school, you pass the exam, and then you choose your university randomly, meaning that they, you don't have to be accepted. I mean, you have to pass an exam. So mm-hmm. they, they say for the psychology, 
um, you have to pass uh, an exam on this. I mean, and I think math was one of it, but it was basic for <laughs> statistics because we did a lot of statistics there. So you have to you you have to um, pass an exam on this and this and this, right? For and then you go get, uh, and then most of the times there's 50 seats, and there's like 3,000 people applying for those 50 seats. Oh, wow. So you have to be better than... 3,000 other people. No, not 3,000. Uh, three, 50 divided by 3,000, whatever it is, 60 or whatever it is. Okay. Right. Still. So, I mean, I'm exaggerating, but there's it's, it's, it's it wasn't uncommon to be 10 on a seat or 15 or 20. It wasn't uncommon. Hmm. So, yeah, that's how it worked. So I chose psychology because I didn't like math. Uh, very weirdly now... I still don't like math, but I like physics. Mm. I'm a lot into physics, especially astrophysics and all that. That's all I read and study right now. It's it's astrophysics that ties a lot into math. I still, I'm, I'm not very good into calculating things, but I'm, I think I'm okay with understanding how things work <laughs> based on what other people calculated. Um, it's weird. I wish I, I knew that when I was young. Mm. I would have chosen physics. I love physics. It's crazy. Interesting. So what's, the, so what's the drive there? You you like physics because you want to understand the world, or you want to? I, I, I started liking physics and especially astrophysics when I started when I realized that science fiction is what I like to read the most. Okay. Yeah. So then, from all the stories that science fiction developed, like the science fiction authors developed. I started to get very picky on who's right and who's wrong and whose physics worked. Uh, and even in movies, when I look at a movie, yeah, especially like if I look at Interstellar, right? And mm. I, 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 I need to understand, hey, was that right or wasn't right? You pick mm. it apart. Yeah, I yeah. pick it apart. All the science fiction movies, I say, well, that's crap. No, it's okay. That's not possible. <laughs> so there's a couple of TV shows, for example, like The Expanse. Yes. Mm. That, that's accurate. Okay. What happens there, it's extremely researched. But there's another shows like Lost in Space. Mm-hmm. Garbage. <laughs> when it comes to physics, right? right. That, that's impossible. Yeah. So that's the idea. I like when I, when I saw The Expanse and then I read the books, I think, and then I, um, I saw the TV show. It was how they move in space with their spaceships and all that. It's very, very close to reality. Interesting. Versus other Star Trek that it's. I mean, I like the story, but how they move, it's a yeah. little bit. Anyway, I like that. I like mm. space and stars and everything. Uh, yeah, I get. I things. understand that feeling. Yeah, that's what I like now. That's what I'm into right now. Yeah, it's coffee and. and astrophysics <laughs> coffee and astrophysics just a couple of casual hobbies <laughs> why not right i mean i mean it's a hobby right because yeah. i'm i i but i read about it and i like it and yeah. it, it it really drives me so yeah hmm. are you have you i mean do you follow like space launches and mm, i mean i know about them i yeah. don't i'm not going live Oh, I did go to see the live for the last uh, rocket that failed. I mean, not failed, but the last test that for the Starship that they just launched right now, mm. um, SpaceX, which was the biggest star, the biggest rocket ever launched, mm-hmm. ever. Uh, so for that one, I, I, I looked to see 
what it does. But I mean, I, I keep track of the programs and all that. I'm not very, I'm more into the how things are. And then I listen to a couple of podcasts and read, uh, read a couple of books that I yeah. really like about mm-hmm. in that. In that um, what, kind of, what kind of podcast? Like Lex Friedman or? Found, I find him a little bit boring, in my opinion. It, it gets dry after the first couple yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel that he, if, he, if he could stop in an hour and a half, it wouldn't be better. But three hours, four hours, I, <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit too much. Even with my type of driving, it's a little bit too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, there's a very nice one that I, I, I couldn't recommend more. If you like um, science and British humor, mm-hmm. it's called The Infinite Monkey Cage. The infinite monkey cage. Yeah, it's like the best. Well, it so there's um, uh, Brian Cox, which is one of the best astrophysicists that we have on the planet. Yeah. And then there's um, Robin Imp, Imp, something like. Uh, it's a British comic. Okay. It's delightful. Oh. It's like I don't know how to tell you enough about it. That's amazing. 40 minutes of just science, pure science and laughs because they invite three scientists and a comedian. And yeah. then Robin is a comedian and a comedian, but they're hosts, right? It's like flawless. Ah, hmm. I'm going to check that out. I like yeah, that. Yeah, Thank yeah, you yeah. for the recommendation. Yeah, I, I listen to, right now I'm re-listening 2019 shows from them. Okay. Because I like to revisit the, the science of it. Hmm. Well, I mean, the science doesn't change all that much, really. Yes, yes. I mean, they discover stuff, but slowly right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not to the pace they were discovering in the 1920s. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, things move quickly then. Um, what, uh, I mean, have you seen the, like, the, the, the pictures from, like, the new telescope? and? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, heavily processed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but nice, no. It's... Mm-hmm. Not for us to understand. I mean, meaning that the the real value of that telescope is not for us. It's for the scientists to process and right. to, to look deeper and deeper into closer to the beginnings and all that. So yeah. um, it's it's a nice telescope. They did it's a it's a twenty year or thirty year old project. Mm-hmm. It was flawlessly done. Yeah. I mean the the how many things could have gone wrong with that unfold a thing like that at a million kilometers away it's it's huge hmm. yeah yeah all that just fascinates me as well the, the fact that we have in less than a hundred years gotten so far we know so much more than we did before it it's incredible and it just makes me excited because a hundred years from now who knows what we're gonna know I, I don't think it's gonna be an exponential Really? I think, yeah, I'll slow down. Oh, okay. I think the advances will be in a different direction, more mm-hmm. towards AI and then maybe towards, how should I say, uh, transporting or transferring the human consciousness into a digital format, something like that. Right. You think that's coming down the line? I don't think we have other options of immortality. Okay. You think that's the, that's the key to immortality? Human body has... Um, limitations. No, yeah. ma- I mean, you might be able to put two hundred years through it, but you will never be able to put two thousand. Right. Mm. Because again, there's things that you, you cannot slow down. So, um, 
to create a digital because we're all impulses here like it's we're all electrical impulses so mm-hmm. in theory it's possible but we'll see it in practice, practice. we're a ways away oh really oh. <laughs> some people think that uh, what, what did I hear um, in a podcast some people some people say, think that the person that is uh, is gonna live forever is alive right now I've heard oh that yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so I don't I'm, but I don't think I don't think in a physical point. You know, from a physical, I don't think it can be immortal in this body. Yeah, biologically, biologically we, we will I break down eventually. Yeah. yeah, but then maybe digital. Yeah, who knows? Or a mix of both somehow, or no, we're only. I mean, sure, we're a mix of both, but but everything that goes through our mind, it's it's electric impulses. Mm. So again, if with the right tools, who says that you cannot? transfer that somewhere yeah, else true very true i i don't have the answers so. anyway no i mean i i have a very scientific approach towards life oh so interesting i don't want yeah I, I mean we've, we're picking up on that yeah <laughs> you're very analytical in the way that you approach business and life and which kind of leads me to my a big question i guess you know you've you you had these experiences in Romania. You saw some things that not everyone saw. You've you experienced, you know, uh, the different levels of people and how they can be good, how they can be bad. You came here. You learned from the ground up. You have all this. You learned business as you went. What, and then you're sitting here now. What would you attribute your success to? No, it's, it's pure chance. Really? Hmm. Well, hard work, but I mean, there's there's many people that work hard. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's a shortage of hard work. Uh, I mean, sure, if you're lazy, then you're you're lazy, whatever. <laughs> um, but again, there's many people that work hard. I think it's chance, and I don't know how successful I am. I, I have a certain resilience um, that I have a certain power in me that, that drives me. Uh, over and over and I've been through some very dark times for me mm-hmm. I mean I'm pretty sure that compared to others are not that dark but for me were, were quite dark and I f- somehow found the power to to get out of that um, I don't know I was as lazy as it gets I was I oh my god when I was a teenage not no sorry not a teenage, when I was I went through phases when I, I ate McDonald's for a year okay. seven burgers a day Oh, wow. Yeah, and drank Coca-Cola. I smoked two packs of cigarettes and sleeping, right? For years, right? Really? And I got out of that, right? And yeah. then, I mean, I went through all these uh, phases, right? Um, I kept re- reading and watching, and I like that. I like that, um, how should I say, cultivating that part of, mm-hmm. uh, of the brain, right? I kept doing that while I was doing all these changes, right? So it got me here. Um I have a huge drive from my daughter. Um, having her around drives me a lot, but in general, not to talk about, a lot about kids. But I think it's a, a little bit of a chance, and then I just kept pushing. I, I, I had an idea. I should have executed this idea five years ago. <laughs> I didn't for many reasons, but I did it right now. And yeah. Um, but there's it, a lot of luck. It's a lot of luck in... Um, Call it whatever, chance luck. It's a it's it's a lot of luck in 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 this. I think yeah. it's a lot of luck 
in situation lock in in life anyways yeah i yeah. don't i mean i i don't i'm not mystic i'm not i mean i don't want to attribute my success to to some something that i can control right so if that's chance for me meaning mm-hmm. that some things will have to align and then sometimes they align by chance hmm. just hmm. random chaos that's what we are yeah <laughs> Interesting. Huh. But yeah. overall, it's 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 hard work taking advantage of the opportunities that present themselves. Becoming... What, what helped me, though, is becoming... Finding a niche or something and becoming as good as it gets in that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that not, there's not better people than me, but for what I was doing, I was quite okay. Mm-hmm. Meaning that I knew exactly what I was doing. I had my standards. I follow my standards and I keep my standards, which is one of the, um, how should I say, bad things in my opinion about us in Canada, that we lower our standards way too much. Really? Yes. In regards to business or customer service, driving on the street, everything, everything. We let people do to us whatever they want. Mm. And we say, that's not. Yeah, we I, don't want, I, want, I don't want conflict, yeah. really. Yeah. I go to Europe. You'll see conflict over there. We don't have to shoot each other. Too. I, mean, we, I yell <laughs> once, you yell once. We let it go, and then we move on. Yeah. Don't have to fight. Yeah. But but but, but there's there's I mean, and I'm not saying conflict conflict is good, but there's a certain release. Right. When when um, I get into <laughs> I get into arguments with with people on the street all the time because I I just keep my my certain standards up and everyone around me tells me oh just let it go I said no they have to they have to know mm-hmm. if they've done something in my opinion wrong they have to know if I don't tell them mm. no one will and they'll keep doing that and that's that's a, my biggest problem with North America especially Canada mm-hmm. Not to talk that's about interesting it. yeah we're too yeah. nice <laughs> yeah too nice we it's, again we we Okay, I'll give you an example. Yeah. Tipping. Tipping, okay. Tipping. Mm. Tipping here is automatic. Yes. No, it shouldn't be. Tipping should be on service. Right. Okay. If I like the service, I should reward it. If I don't like the service, I shouldn't reward it. Mm. You know how people look at me when I pr- pr- press the zero button? Like I'm the biggest idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I go back and forth on that a lot. I, I'm, I, I, no, I, I don't. I tip on service. I like... I like what you're doing for me. Absolutely. You deserve to be rewarded. Mm. I wouldn't, in coffee shop, I wouldn't have put tipping. If, right. But I put it for employees. I don't take any tips. Everything goes to them. Right. I put the tipping options at 7, 11, and 15%. Everyone comes to me mm. and say, hey, thank you very much for putting a lower tip. Lower yeah, that's tip. a lot lower than most other places yeah. would do. Yeah, that's what I put. start at 15. Exactly. <laughs> but 15 in a coffee shop, like you have a daily habit. <laughs> put 15% of your daily habit on, on that daily habit it's it's in, in a year it's a lot of money mm. so I offer 7, 11 and uh, 12 or something or, or, and 15 for whoever wants to push the button and it's all it all goes to, to employees mm-hmm. so that, that's what I'm, what I'm talking about standards it's just that we do it automatically without even thinking about it because we think it's nice to do but that teaches the person that provides the service that it teaches them teaches them nothing 
it teaches them that it shows them that the, no matter what they do, they'll get the tips regardless. So then they won't provide a better service. Again, it's not my fault that they have a job that they think they're underpaid. Hmm. That's not my fault as the as, as the patron, as the customer. It's 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 that's how the system if again if we, we if you want to fight the system, let's fight the system together to for higher wages or uh, in, I know living wages for the restaurant employees or whatever. That's yeah. fine. But again, don't penalize me by giving me any service and expecting something in return. Mm-hmm. Because that I, I don't agree with. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's the guilt. Oh, the guilt? <laughs> the guilt I attribute to the POS providers. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. Yes, they are smart. Yes. So I, <laughs> I used to work with a coffee shop. True story. I used to work at the coffee shop that was, uh, they had Clover. Uh, you see the Clover POS stations. Oh, okay, yeah. It's one of them. So Clover had on the screen tipping options and then no tip. Hmm. When they changed from the same three tip options and skip, 50% of the people more push skip. Mm. Skip made people feel less guilty no for tip. no tipping than no tip. Yeah. It's here. Mm. It's crazy. They complain. My customer complained to Clover and say, no, we want the no tip back. <laughs> really? Think about it. That... It's all to take your money. I mean, yeah. our yeah, money. Of course. So, so I'm, I don't agree with that. Oh, that's... Mm. It's the, the psychology that goes into these things. It's crazy. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. It's crazy. It's all marketing and manipulating exactly. the brain of the consumer. Exactly. And, oh, that's fascinating. I like that. That's, <laughs> I like that a lot. Well, I don't like it a no, lot. No, I mean, but... again, I, and I'm, I'm, it's not that I'm against tipping. I'm, I'm pro-tipping when tipping is deserved. Uh, deserved. Yeah. Right. But I just gave you an example of standard. Where I yeah. think we kind of lack a little bit of telling people what exactly how 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 they are. That's mm. my biggest Canadian thing. But <laughs> I'm Canadian now, so <laughs> yeah. Do you consider yourself Canadian now? It's or? a it's a mixed thing. Uh, when I go home, it's home. Yeah. When I come back here, it's home as well. <laughs> Interesting. So you kind of live in the two yeah, worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. And I go almost every year. Uh, oh wow! Yeah. And I like it. I like to. I like to travel. I that's that's what I like the most in life. It's travel. Um, so when I, but I I realize that when I land when I when I um, go on the plane, it's I'm going home. Mm. When I go on the plane again, it's I'm going home again. <laughs> it's it's weird. That's a good feeling. <laughs> it is a good feeling. I, it's a part of me that uh, the first time I went to Romania. I left in 2006, I went back in 2007. I had huge, like very bad experiences. Probably the um, careless Canadian, meaning not, not care, sorry. Um, I became too relaxed. Uh, no one steals from you here. Hmm. And then someone stole from me there. And I was so disappointed. It was, a. I t- I'll tell you the story. So, it's a crazy, it's a crazy thing that I, anyway. So I was with my wife at that time, 
going um, and my sister, my sister, no, no, I was, I was with my wife going from my city, going to pick up my sister to go to my grandma, to visit my grandma. So I was driving from my town to my, to where my sister was with her husband. And that's another, that's a hundred kilometers. So halfway, there's a hitchhiker, a monk. I never take hitchhikers. Never in my life. I, I hitchhiked all over Europe. Really? Everywhere. Um, I did hitchhike on, I, I didn't hitchhike on, on airplanes. I hitchhiked on everything else, mm-hmm. method of transportation, <laughs> from trains to automobiles to, to ships. So, <laughs> but I never take hitchhikers because I know how we were. We were assholes. <laughs> <laughs> like, because in, in, my, in my country, hitchhiking is for money. You pay them. Oh, so really? you pay all the time. We, the, the amount of time we ran from the cars not paying, I don't want to tell you. But then <laughs> we were kids. We were playing. Anyway, so there's a monk hitchhiking. Now, one of my best friends, it's a monk. I have a thing, a connection with him, a very nice connection with him. Mm. can tell you more about it if you want. How, how much time? We got a little bit time. 20 minutes or so. Okay, okay. Um, it's nine. Yeah, we can quit whenever you want. No, 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 I'm okay. I mean, I, I, okay. I mean, but if I'm boring, you just... No, no, not at all. You are far from boring. Yes, yeah. continue with your hitchhiking story. So, I, I don't know why my wife, many years after, asked me, why the hell did you stop? And mm-hmm. I, and I even right now, I, I tell her, I don't know. So, listen, I stop. He comes and he says, I'm going to go to Brasov, which is the city that I was going to with my sister. 50 kilometers. Mm-hmm. All the time when I was driving, he was looking right in the mirror to see my eyes. All the time. I remember right now, blondish hair, blue eyes, but he was covered by the thing that they have on, on their, um, their heads. But I remember that he was only looking in my eyes. And at one point, I feel that his knees go against my my back see in the in the in the in the in the in the car seat so okay whatever and then a weird thing happened i don't believe in these things i it's the first thing that that happened to me so i was driving and then either i fell asleep or not i don't run i don't fall asleep but okay. driving i was watching a car coming down like this and i see in the car him with a knife at my wife's throat. It was Whoa. like a, a second. And then he was behind me. Okay. He says, we get to Brasov. He says, okay, I'm going to stay here. He uh, he goes, I go. And then I, um, I tell my wife, where's my wallet? Oh. Gone. So he stole from me. He was a thief. He wasn't a monk. I don't know what that was. What that thing with the knife? I have no idea what that was. Not even now. And those, I don't believe in these things that you can see. Those things. It, it just really happened to me. Mm-hmm. And then, did he have a knife in his bag? Maybe. I don't know. But he was a thief, right? So he stole my passport. Uh, no, no, not my passport. My IDs and all my money and all that. So I got robbed and I got so angry. It was the first time I said I'm gonna go to the airport and wait for my airplane for two weeks in order for me to go to Canada when it's peace and quiet. <laughs> um, after that, I learned how to travel, meaning that I said, okay, I relaxed a little bit too much. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then I said, okay, then let let me go back to because right now when I go back home, it's like instantly I go, you go into that mode where you trust no one, everything is hidden, everything is right. Yeah. Mm. Wow. And everywhere I go, right? Everywhere I, I went, I went to Iran, I went to Pakistan. Everywhere it's like everything is hidden here. Mm -hmm. Only here is the like the other day, my employee come to me comes to me with a, a wallet like this. We opened it. I think five thousand cash, oh. <laughs> hundreds. I couldn't count them. She came. I, I don't. I don't know. She came to me and said, hey, I found a wallet full of cash. Give it to the person. That never happens anywhere in the world. Never. Never. That doesn't happen anywhere. Right. In my country. It's gone. It's yeah. gone in a second. <laughs> but anywhere, like all over Europe, everywhere, that doesn't exist only here. Really? Yes. It's so different. Oh, that's interesting. Like to, to recover cash, maybe you recover your IDs, yeah. but never the cash. Mm. Well, if they're nice, they'll drop your IDs in a place with light so someone finds them and give them to the police. The cash is gone. Though. Cash is gone in a second. Yeah. Of course. My father, my father lost his phone in a train. So the train stopped a, a little bit too abrupt and then he slid the phone from where it was down and he didn't realize it. So he lost his phone like this. He walked out of the train. He said, oh, where's my phone? Oh, I left it left, left in the car. A minute or two, he came back. No Gone. Yeah. Oh wow. Instantly they yeah. disappear. So. Yeah, I mean it's fortunate that I mean, in uh, Canada it's it's quite safe. Hmm. I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. Oh, it is yeah. a good thing. It is yeah. a good thing. It is. Yeah, a good thing. we're fortunate to live where we are. I, anyway, tell yeah. me what you. Tell me a little bit about you guys. Like, why, why are you guys doing this and how come and then how this came to be? Like, I'm so curious. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, well, basically, I've always been interested. Well, I, I got into podcasts a few years ago. I was just, I fell in love. And then about a year in, I was just, li I was listening to two, three podcasts a day. I loved it. And then eventually I just sat down. And I said, you know what? I could do this. And then that's about all the planning I had. And then I came to Zach, he was living with me at the time, and I said, you know what, let's let's try a podcast. Yeah. That basically. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we were just living together, had a few good conversations, and I had actually had a, a podcast that I recorded three episodes, every single one uh, I had horrible technical difficulties with and couldn't release and gave up, and then that was like three, four years before we started this. So yeah. I had completely given up on it, but it was pretty similar to this idea of having just, you know, Run local the conversation with people. Yeah, yeah. Local, normal people that have interesting stories and let them do the talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great for us. We, I've always been interested in stories, right? I want to hear, like, I'm never going to be able to experience everything that life has to offer. But if I can have somebody sit across from me and explain their story, and explain their experiences and what drives them and what what makes them tick and what they think is the reason that they're successful and what what they think life is all about that's that's what I want to hear yeah yeah no I listened to um, I skipped through six seven eight episodes okay wow um, 
I mean, yeah, well, because I, I had limited time and I said, okay, I want to understand more about what what's going on here. Um, just because there's always that thing you say, what will I tell? What will I say in, in two <laughs> right. hours? Yeah. Like, how do I feel two hours? I don't have nothing to say in two hours. No matter if you if you never uh, been to something like that, you say, well, what will I? What, how will this conversation go, right? Mm. So I say, okay. I mean, I have to understand what other people are saying. Exactly. Um, well, nice conversations. Congratulations. Thank I you. Think, Thank uh, you very much. You're doing a great job. We uh, we attribute it all to the guests. We do. Yeah. I mean, nah. It's not all to the guests. <laughs> okay, maybe not, but <laughs> most of it. <laughs> we we feed off of. You know, whoever we sit and we have sitting across from us, we feed off of what they they say, right? I mean, we have a, we try to have a broad knowledge of a lot of things, but we just want to, we want to feel the passion, mm-hmm. right? We mm-hmm. want to what, why, what, do, why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah, no, I understand, I understand. There's, again, for me, it's chance. I mm-hmm. I, I got involved into many things. Like, I, I my life could have couldn't gone so many ways. And it kept, it got me to this. It's, it's so weird. Like, yeah. Like I have a, I have a BMW level one driving instructor license, right? Okay. I went to a month of driving school in Germany on, on, at BMW. It was an extremely hard thing. Like the hardest thing, like the, the hardest school that I've done in my life mm. um, was on BMWs and driving cars all day and studying physics and all that just because one of my... Uh, good friends uh, he was a BMW instructor he was level three and then he said okay you should go there uh, um, it's there's 300 people in the world that have that license mm. right so he said go there you're gonna do it and I, I imagine I stood up in a class full of rally drivers and this and that and then the question on the I remember just like now the question on the black on on the board was What's your connection to cars? And mm. everyone had, oh, I'm this race driver from France, and, <laughs> I, and this guy, oh, I'm I'm race driver from Poland, you know. And I said, oh, I'm making coffee. Yeah. <laughs> in a, and it was fun. It was fun. So I could have gone that way, but it come back to coffee. Mm. Wow. It's a weird thing. And that smallest little change could have impacted everything, right? Well, the smallest little change impacted everything. Yeah. I think. <laughs> Yeah. It's all about the little changes, in mm. my opinion, that makes huge impact later. Yeah, mm. that that story of you going to your job interview at one place and then it's like walking like, that, exactly going yeah. to the other way. Yeah, that's insane. I yeah. I, so those are the things that influence, right? Because then if I went to the other place, the other place it was just a coffee shop, uh, like a chain, right? That died a couple of years ago from from Vancouver, right? Mm-hmm. They had four or five locations. No one no. Excuse me. No one knows about it right now, but going to the the other place it taught me coffee, right? Anyway, it's uh, it's the little things. Hmm. Yeah. So what? What's? What's the drive for you? Why do you keep getting up every morning? What's? Why are you passionate about what you're uh, doing? Well, the only way, in my opinion. The only way to attribute meaning to life is by what you do. Giving it meaning. Be giving it meaning. Yeah. Um, I do not give. So, how should I say it? I don't think that life has other meaning in my 
than than what we give it, mm-hmm. right? I don't think that other supreme being has a meaning for us necessarily. So then, then it's what you do mm-hmm. every day that gives a little bit. I mean, gives if there's any meaning, that's the meaning. Mm. Make it your own. Yeah, yeah. That's all. I mean, there's there's a big chance, huge chance that this is all we have. Yeah. So then, why not? Yeah. Right. Take the risk. Well, no. I mean, why not try to do something about it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Versus nothing, because again, sure, if if we knew that, hey, we have eight more lives after this, fine, <laughs> no problem. I'll, yeah. I'll I'll be productive in the next one. Yeah. yeah. Just put it off. Nah. But what if? Yeah. I mean, as like as the movie. What is? What, what, how is it? What is? What if this is as good as it gets? Right. Remember, uh, yeah. Jack Nicholson. Yes. Mm. Right. Yeah. As good as it gets. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's why. Mm. It's it's the meaning. Yeah. That's a that's a great way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you guys? Okay, hold on. What's your drives? Oh. Is that the first time it's ever been turned around on us? I think so. Actually, yeah. <laughs> this is new for us. Uh, I mean, honestly. Okay, but hold on. We'll get back to that. Five more sure. minutes. <laughs> yeah, what yeah. do you guys do? Uh, well, I mean, Zach told you yeah, earlier yeah, yeah. he's a yeah. tire guy. Yeah, I'm an assistant manager at a tire shop here in town. Uh, I looked for one. I, I got one yeah. very nice when I changed. I wrote. I changed my tires on my on my car. Yeah. I I really got to a very nice one. I mean, the shop is a shop, but they yeah. gave me very nice service. Great. Yeah. Um, but it's always good to know someone in the tire shop. <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah. Yeah, those are the friends you want for sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, for me, I'm a uh, mostly a dairy farmer. Nice yeah. here, uh, yeah, uh, just one one block over, yeah. So here is uh, chickens in this barn. Okay. Yeah. So we do chickens. We we, do... we, we need milk in the coffee shop. Oh well, <laughs> I'm glad we we buy from Meadow Fresh. So. Oh, that hey, that's great. Meadow Fresh is really good. Really. Yeah, yeah. It's actually uh, owned by AgriFoods Canada, which is a cooperative of dairy farmers, basically. Because we just started this week to buy from them. Uh, oh. Yeah. 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 In in coffee, I will come back to what drives you. But in coffee, milk is one of the second biggest commodity. Of course. Um, and price and milk and all that, no one can compare with Costco. No one can compare with superstores. So it's very hard to find a good supplier that mm. doesn't mean that you're gonna pay ten thousand dollars more at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm. So yeah, Meadow Fresh is is one that uh, gives quite nice pricing and service. Mm. That's interesting to hear. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, hmm. yeah, makes sense, right? Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, out of everyone, and I yeah. tried everyone. I tried yeah. Avalon. I tried Dairyland. Mm-hmm. I tried uh, who else is there? Saputo. Saputo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I tried everyone, and then Meadow Fresh was by far the best. Interesting. In pricing, you mean? In pricing, yes, yes. yes. Because in, that's how the conversation starts. If you like the pricing versus Costco and Superstore, right? You don't want to carry milk with your car all, all your life, right? You need to find. I mean, in the beginning you'll do it, but in the end you're gonna find a supplier that that can give you milk at affordable price. So. So again, me- better than others. And then I tried everyone. I contacted everyone. Meadowfresh was was the mm. best. I'm encouraged by that. Yeah, I, I've I've always been a fan of Meadowfresh. I you work with them? I not directly. I did. Uh, I worked with the board of directors for a little while, 
uh, for Agri-Foods Canada, mm-hmm. which is which owns Metal Fresh. But uh, I don't have any. I mean, I'm a member, but the, of the cooperative. But that's about it. Um, yeah, it's the basically the milk that we produce. We don't really know where it goes. Oh, you just give it to someone. Yeah, and then so it goes to Saputo, and then what they do with it, we don't know. So Saputo supplies everyone? Are they that big? Uh, pretty much, yeah. They're the number one in BC for sure. Really? Yes. That's so interesting. Yeah. So it's all, like, just like coffee. Uh, depends. But for example, in Colombia, people, in, in certain parts of Colombia, people have small farms. Mm. And they grow, like... 10 bags, 20 bags, 15 bags, 100 bags, and they all go one meal that processes everything. Right. Same idea with the dairy, right? Similar, yeah. Yeah, it's all about processing. Yeah, processing controls everything. You guys don't process. You just... No. No, there's not a lot of dairy farmers that process. There's some, <clears throat> some that have, you know, small yogurt plants or cheese plants, things like that. But uh, fluid dairy, it's rare. Yeah. yeah. So what drives you? What drives me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> honestly, it's a <clears throat> it's a couple things. I mean, uh, one, I love hearing the passion behind people. That's it's I can't top that. It's because I have so much passion inside me, and I just I want to experience that in someone else, and I want to feel like I'm not alone, and I want to just understand that feeling. Right? Where does where does where does drive come from? Where does passion come from? Why why do why are we motivated? Right? We could just all of us could just do nothing all the time. Oh, we can't. We're just gonna die. Yeah, we would just <laughs> flop around and do nothing. But when we it's don't. Cultural, we have to do something. Right, but where? Who built that culture? Like, how did we come? It just it's baffling. Oh, we can talk for another five hours about <laughs> that. Could. Oh my god, I can we really tell you so could. many things. Yeah, and I think I guess the second thing would be stories again. You know, I mean, I'm surrounded by books, right? I'm surrounded by stories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. I want to hear everything. I want to experience it all. I want to, you know, reading a book is like having a conversation with somebody that's long since passed, right? It it's incredible. Mm-hmm. I think that there, there's just something there. So you know, trying to decipher how humans work, how they tick. It's just fascinating to me. It's crazy. Like I listened, I told you a couple of your conversation, and you guys go to various ranges of all over from the place. TV shows to <laughs> yeah, like um, that's very nice. I like I like people with culture. Yeah. I like I like people that know good TV shows. By the way, by <laughs> oh, the yeah. way, the best TV show in the world is The Wire. The Wire. Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I still haven't watched it, but I do. I it's, do have to. It's yeah. by far. Yeah. It's um, not my number one. But but so yeah, it's it's by critics and everything. The Wire. Mm, is. The Wire. I, I you had a conversation about the TV show with someone. Mm. We've had shows. it a few times. A few, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and you guys said Sopranos or whatever. Mm. It's the uh, or it was between Sopranos or Breaking Bad. Mm. It's The Wire. It's like the level of deepness in The Wire. Mm. In my opinion, it's very hard. I mean, not not many times done. Right. Yeah. It was one of those shows that set the pace too. Like it, it, it was very started. influential. It yeah, started. Yeah. So it was the wire, a huge break, and then it started with like things like Lost and, yeah. and Prison Break, and, yeah. and then the content started appearing like yeah. like mushrooms. Like, yeah. 
huge yeah. exponential growth. It, yeah. it, it, it started, it planted the seed, which grew to just much better writing. Right, better stories. They're like they're they're making some. I mean, I enjoy some some TV shows right now better than movies. Really? Yeah. Like, I'm I'm finding that more and more actually. Yeah, because a movie you're restricted. Sometimes it's too short, right? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. You can't yeah. tell a story in two hours. Well, you can. You can tell a story, but why would do I want to hear a two-hour story when I can hear a ten-hour story? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I totally agree. And then there's a couple of. Producers and production company that do always a good job. Always yeah. a good job. Yeah. 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 I find there's that there's a sweet spot. You know, it's it's eight to ten episodes. You know, because you get those the serial like like cable TV shows twenty three twenty four episodes. Yeah. Too much. There's filler. It's it, it, no. Hold on. When it comes to zombies, not zombies, but when it comes to post apocalyptic, I can watch twenty four seven. That's true. Like there's, yeah, I mean, although Dead. Walking Dead is a bad show right now, in my opinion, but I still like it because it's about the end of the world, which is my favorite topic. So, <laughs> mm. um, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just you can tell concise stories, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not long enough that there's filler. You know, you have to pair it to a certain degree, but you also can tell a compelling, deep What's story. What's your favorite one? My favorite TV show. God. There has to be one. There has to be one. There should be one. Um, <clears throat> instinct. I mean, just... I would say... I mean, gun to my head, I would say Firefly is really good. Have you seen Firefly? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, oh wow. you would love Firefly. Well, tell me a little bit. Uh, it's, a, it's, <laughs> it's a cult classic. It is. It's like a kind of like a space western. Yeah, it's a space cowboy type show. It came out in the early two thousands, and basically it was a disaster. I, I, well, it was it was very good. It was amazingly written. Joss Whedon wrote most of it, who also did the first Avengers movie, Mm -hmm. and just the the banter, the humor, the the characters are really well done. But they, when they released the show, they released the episodes in the wrong order on television. So no, one, everyone was confused by what was going on. So nobody watched the show. But it is really, it is fantastic. It's a fantastic okay. show. And it was canceled after one season. Yeah. So they did thirteen episodes and then they canceled yeah. it because no so one no was one, watching. No one it. decided to revive it right now or something like that. So and then after after it shut down, then they had. Uh, a couple of years where people started to really get into it and then they it, in the right order in the right order <laughs> and then they had they it, a following grew and then eventually it got popular enough where they made a movie um okay i so, i might i mean the 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 image looks familiar yeah oh, i might know it but i mean i don't know why i don't remember it okay i'll give it a try yeah it's fantastic i think it's on uh, disney plus right now i'm eastern um, european okay. i know how to I got you. Okay. For the audience, it's it's on Disney at the moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could give you another ten shows that are amazing. No, no, it's okay. The, yeah. the first one. Yeah. What's your first one? Uh, it's it's basic, but it's Breaking Bad. Like, not I, bad. I, I just not love bad. that show so much. It's one of the first shows that I watched from season one, episode one, when it aired, to 
the finale when it aired. When it aired. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's dedication. Which is yeah, that that doesn't happen anymore. Like no. the, the quite anticip- dark though. Quite dark. It's very dark. Yeah. It's a journey Funny sometimes, but yeah. it's dark. Yeah. It's like Yeah. It's just the I don't know. Everything that happened in that show, how intricate it's all woven together and just how slow it's paced. Mm-hmm. I really like how slow it is sometimes. Yeah, yeah it's a slow burning show. Like, a lot of people hate the fly episode. That was one of my favorite episodes of that whole show. Oh, I like that one too. I love yeah. that episode. But yeah, yeah that's, I think, that's mine. Yeah, the moment that stuck with me the most is that in, in the last season where the wife asks... What's the wife's name? Uh, Skylar. Skylar. And she asks him why he did it. And then... And she says, like, if you you can't say you did it for your family because yeah. we both know you're wrong. And he's like, no, I did it because I wanted to build an empire. Yeah, yeah, I did it that, for me. Yeah, yeah, you did it for you. Yeah, oh, that got me. Explains yeah. things, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a it's a good show. Yeah, it's a very good show. Yeah, the character development in in that show is flawless. Yeah, it's like how how they how they they move the character up and up. Yeah, it's yeah. like crazy. Yeah, mm. good show. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Yeah, let's wrap it up. I mean, we can't top that anything we've said. So no. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. This was so much more than we expected, and we. My just pleasure. Thank you are... for like it. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank we you. appreciate everything. Yeah. 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 This was definitely one of my favorite ones in recent memory. You. Yeah. You're a fascinating individual. You've got a lot of stories to tell, and you know, you, you did say at the beginning that you find it hard to believe that you would be an interesting enough. <laughs> person to yeah, come out here when, but. and I, I i said i'm going to explain later when uh, when i told you about the my my twin old employees from the boulevard mm-hmm. we were building the we had to convince investors to invest in this business and then right. one of the presentations was about me so i said hey guys i have no idea what to write about <laughs> me and then we came up with a pretty big list and everyone said oh yeah that's impressive you did so many things and i still couldn't see them right yeah. so i'm very bad at self-promoting I yeah like promoting myself i it's like i suck at that but, yeah. but that's that's important though too because then you're always criticizing yourself and then you're always improving <laughs> you have no idea i know i get it i get it that's yeah, my but, biggest down, down yeah side, uh, criticizing myself but you can it works to your advantage sometimes I, I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. It was nice. Yeah. I, it was wonderful. I have to yeah. drive back to Burnley. Yes. <laughs> we will let you <laughs> we'll go. Be respectful and, of your uh, time. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. You. I think we'll. I think we're all in the mood for a coffee now. <laughs>